Welcome to Subliminal Message Studios, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, I'm your host, Leonardo. This will be our local coverage of the, uh, our local part of the news. <laughs> this will be the local part of our news. And we will take it very seriously. <laughs> Me, as much a state sovereignty issue as anything. Uh, the 10th Amendment clearly defines, narrowly defines the authority of uh, the federal government and basically gives all other authority to the states if not prohibited by the constitution so over time we have acquiesced states have acquiesced that authority uh, to the federal government and uh, i believe this is a this this effort to propose amendments as we are proposing uh, would in effect pull back that authority back to the states where constitutionally it belongs I have proposed for the last four years uh, a call for an Article 5 Convention of States for the state of Nebraska. Uh, The resolution we proposed is the same resolution being proposed in virtually all 50 states. Uh, And it's proposing amendments that would impose fiscal restraints on the federal government. Uh, It would limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government and it would limit the terms of office from Congress and other and, and also other offices uh, federal officials two thirds of the states call for a convention article 5 convention of states for the purpose of proposing amendments that convention can be called for that purpose and so that's what we voted on last friday and it passed and thankfully nebraska was 17 so uh, we kind of hit that benchmark of the halfway mark uh, and so uh, i think at some point i think there will become some momentum this effort to call for uh, an Article 5 Convention of States, and uh, and I'm proud of Nebraska for, for helping me move that trend, that momentum along. I think it's become abundantly clear with uh, with the history of Congress uh, that they have no they have no sense of uh, limiting their their spending and the accrued debt uh, that's happening upon our our nation. We have currently we're inching close to 30 trillion dollars. We have effectively kicked that can down the road on repayment of any of that, but we cannot kick the can down the road. Uh, every year, we uh, Congress is obligated to pay the interest on that debt. Right. So, what does that amount to? Uh, our interest every year on the national debt amounts to one billion dollars a day, and to me, that's un uh, that's unsustainable. What's driving this as much as anything is, is overreach on the part of the federal government. Founding fathers had anxiety that that might happen. I don't think, I don't believe they imagined that it would uh, get to this point with $30 trillion. Um, but they, they purposely, they did not put in limits, for example, for, for terms of office. And, uh, and I believe if, in hindsight, if they were here today, they would say, yeah, we should have done that, and we left it up to the states, given the states the opportunity to amend the Constitution to do that. We have career politicians now instead of citizen, citizen statesmen, if you will. Hello again, and I am your host, Leonardo, ladies and gentlemen, and this is Subliminal Message Studios, and, um, well, uh, this is the local part of our segment, and we had a lot of local news to get to. However, to really, really, truly analyze this stuff to you and do and do real the real research and really find out where this is coming from, um, you know, especially we have, especially with what what's going on with the farmers here within the state of Nebraska, it is getting hot. 
don't know how else to say that. That being said, I do just want to recap real quick with you guys uh, of some of the bills that are being introduced because there are 593 new bills that are being introduced here in the uh, here in the year of 2022. And 22 new legislative resolutions introduced for the 22 session. All right. Now we got Senator Brewer's priority bill. That's LB773. This bill would authorize the concealed carry of handguns without a, a permit in Nebraska. So break that down for you guys real quick. As it sits right now, let's say um, I want to practice my right to open carry. Let's say I go outside, I open carry, I'm walking around, I go to the grocery store, I'm getting some food. Some guy brushes up against me. My shirt goes over my gun. A cop, uh, um, a cop pulls me over. I don't realize that the shirt is over my gun until he pulls me out. He realizes I have a gun. I am immediately now a felon. This bill was introduced uh, back when we had a, um, a, a fairy loving uh, Democrat um, as governor. We're, we're not going to mention his name. Uh, <laughs> um, then we have Senator Hallrand's Priority Resolution, LR14. This resolution recently passed, by the way, on the second round of debate and was advanced to final reading. Um, this The resolution is the United States Congress to call for a convention of the states under Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution in order to propose amendments to the U.S. Constitution. Basically, that is the state of Nebraska actually standing up while we get uh, fisted at the same time, telling uh, the Biden administration because he is trying to literally lock our farmers down and get rid of our farming industry. And uh, we have a lot of segment, a lot of news on that. And trust me, ladies and gentlemen, we will get to that because there's a lot of stuff going on with our farming industry right now with Biden's executive order, the uh, Biden's 3030 executive order. It's uh, very serious. Um, and we have LB913. This requires the Nebraska Department of Transportation to reconstruct the highway approach. This bill ensures the proper uh, construction and the replacement of destroyed approaches. Basically, lawyer term for uh, destroyed state property. Now we have LB1046. Uh, this bill also ensures that at least one of the appointed board members is from a low populated area to represent all small communities and farmers. Uh, basically, this uh, makeup, this change, uh, this bill uh, changes the makeup to the board of directors on the Nebraska Power Public District and the uh, Omaha Power Public District. Um, so that half of the board member, uh, so half of the board of directors, as well as the CEOs of MPPD and OPPD, would be appointed by the governor. Um, there, that being said, there's there is a few things that I truly think that are wrong with that before we get to another bill. And there are so many bills, like I said, there's almost 593 new bills being introduced and 22 new resolution bills that are being introduced right now in the 22 uh, uh, Senate session. So it's um, it's it's just it's, it's crazy right now. man. Uh, but, um, basically, this is going to get a lot of pushback. Be, not because it's wrong, but because, um, and I, I think there is a part of it wrong. I think that um, uh, there's a lot of power going to the governor right now. And um, I, one, one thing I do want the Nebraska people to realize is once Pete Ricketts is gone, we could have a very, very dictator. I mean, you think Trudeau is bad. Imagine having uh, Trudeau as dictator. Um, you know, having, Imagine having someone like that as Democrat and as um, a senator and as governor within the state of Nebraska. And they have all this power, so I do think this power needs to stay to the people. I do not think it should go to the governor. But 
this the reason why I'm saying this bill is probably going to get a lot of pushback is because is because the general pop the general uh, population isn't going to understand what we are trying to really really do. Um, this bill is being introduced uh, to stop certain um, uh, to stop the federal government. To, to the, I'm sorry, this bill is being introduced to stop the federal government or private institutions from putting in their own board members on our public power district. And if you guys, and if most of you guys know within the state of Nebraska, OPPD, guys, it's a state-run electric. Everyone has OPPD. It's not like, you know what I mean, me and you can go out and be like, you know, I'm going to create my own electric company. It's a monopoly. We need to make sure that if, as long as it's a monopoly, as long as it stays a monopoly, we need to make sure we control it as a people, not the governor, which is something I am against. Um, now, uh, moving forward, there is a bill that we'll sh- we sure do need to pay attention to and make sure it gets shut down. This is LB 1047. This is uh, um, this bill adds a definition of reliable as it applies to energy regeneration and would amend the state's policy to say electric providers should provide adequate and reliable energy. Let me just ref- uh, let me just um, re say that because I want to make sure you understand. Because a lot of this is lawyer talk, all right, guys? I want to make sure you guys understand what this says. LB 1047, this bill adds a definition of reliable as it applies to energy generation and would amend the state's policy to say electric providers should provide adequate and reliable energy. The statutory language to reflect what the Southern Power Pool and the North American Electrical Reliability Corporation Highlighted in their investigations of the February 2021 polar vortex event. That is basically them saying, get ready for a very, 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 very cold winter. Right now we're in a dark winter, which uh, we're going to get to that little uh, thing right now. Actually, you know what, screw it. We're going to get to that right now, right before we go to um, our, our, uh, our next part of our news, which is our uh, constitutional carry uh, gun bill. I just wanted to kind of... Um, touch base on that and really really show you guys and kind of give you guys a revamp on what's in the bill and um, other rhetoric of what's going on uh, what's going on around it. A few senators speaking out, a few cops uh, cops speaking out and saying we don't want the people to have guns because you know after all we are a sheriff riding here around here. (laughs) Uh, That being said we do have some video feed on this so let's get to it guys. Police departments for the two biggest cities in the state, Lincoln and Omaha. Omaha Police Union President Tony Connor says OPD takes hundreds of illegal firearms off the street, and this bill could slow that down. This bill will hinder our officers' ability to remove firearms from dangerous situations and individuals. Captain Kevin Williamson with the Omaha Police Department explained why that may be the case if the bill becomes law. We have no way of checking now to see if that gun is paid, registered, or if it's actually a stolen firearm from a different jurisdiction like Bellevue or Sarpy County or Colorado or Iowa. Because they could just say I'm armed, and we have no legal ground then to check that set weapon. Lincoln Police Chief Teresa Ewens worried that getting rid of the bureaucracy could get guns into the wrong hands. This bill will allow the criminal element for our communities to carry legally, as they may not be a prohibited person. Without a permitting process and training, you will have individuals who shouldn't be carrying and carrying without the proper state. I love how she. Uh, I, I love how both of the, the police, the police captains, were using 
the fact that they can't track the weapons and it's about well they don't know who all has weapons and they have no right of telling if you're supposed to have that weapon if it's stolen or anything like that I also love how the Lincoln the Lincoln police chief was uh, going going out of her way of saying we can't get rid of the bureaucracy because it's going to hurt us even more you know um, now if you don't know, uh, most of you know, if you haven't listened to me by now, I am very, very pro-police um, pro force, pro-blue, whatever you want to call it. I, I have very much a great for, uh, respect for the police, and I, I, I truly believe in what they do, no matter how much that badge has been tainted for a very, very long time. My point being is, um, it's, it's things like this that we really, really need to educate these people because they're, they're, they're police forces. Some of them are captains, some of them are police chiefs, and we need to educate these, educate them on how you're actually being used for an overall globalist agenda. You're being used for an overall socialist agenda that's being approached to you as if this isn't the, like, like the whole, like, it's like I said about the Wild West, all right, uh, before I get to this bill, all right, um, Hollywood has put this perception of the Wild West as it's it was the most craziest uh, time in America and everyone was out there. Yeah, yeah. That is, honest to God, that's exact opposite. The Wild West was a very, very, very um, construct uh, a very, very constructing time for America. It was um, a very, very harsh time for America and rampant time for disease and other things like that. However. However, the one thing that it was it was not was a, a bang bang shoot them up everywhere and everywhere is going crazy. Um, that being said, um, Lincoln, um, I just I just want to give you guys some crime statistics, uh, crime data with Lincoln and how she was actually trying to say that um, you know we can't get rid of the bureaucracy, you know we can't get rid of uh, we can't we can't have everyone that sh- uh, shouldn't be carrying a gun. As if leaving this bill, leaving the bill, leaving the laws the way they are, as far as concealed carry and gun laws within the state of Nebraska, leaving those are, the criminals are definitely going to follow those gun laws. It makes absolutely no sense, and I love how the how they're continuing to give the same the same jargon. You know, their their talking points have not changed. I swear, since the early '80s, their talking points have not changed. Oh, we don't know where all these, you know, we don't know who has got a gun, the criminals. If we, if you allow everyone to have a gun, the criminals are going to have guns. They already have guns. Have you not looked outside yet? As just for a database of Lincoln's, Lincoln's the second most deadly place, a uh, de- deadly place, a uh, deadly city in the Lincolnshire, in the Lincolnshire 563 towns. It's the top 10, the top 10 most deadliest overall. Now, uh, they have an overall crime rate in 2021, 118 crimes per 100,000 people. So my message uh, to you is I think you need to focus on the drugs that you're bringing in or the drugs that you're allowing being, you know, produced uh, left and right. Or better yet, I think you need to focus on some of the gangs that are operating in your neighborhood because they're not following the laws like us legal gun owners are. We will go out of our ways to try our hardest to follow laws. That being said, let's get to this little article real quick so we can just, like I said, so we can recap on 
what this bill is uh, all about. All right, now, Omaha and Lincoln law enforcement on Thursday spoke out against a bill that would allow Nebraskans to carry concealed handguns without a permit. Oh, saying it would make their jobs harder and jeopardize public safety. That is complete uh, crap. Now, the, once again, the bill was sponsored by Tim Brewer Gordon, said at a public hearing in front of Judiciary Committee that he was working with law enforcement to address their concerns. This is Bill 773, LB 773, by the way. Now, um, well, uh, uh, just to re kind of iterate on this. Now, at least 21 states have already passed such laws, all right, guys? So this is nothing new, um, including every other state surrounding Nebraska except Colorado because, unfortunately, Colorado fell to the blue, man. They fell, and not the good blue either. <laughs> they fell to the, you know, the... Um, uh, we, 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 we love, we love kiddos, we love fiddles, meow mix, meow mugs, please deliver. Yeah, I don't know, I, you know, I don't know how to say that. But anyways, um, at least 21 states, uh, except for Colorado, more than 85,500 Nebraskans were licensed to conceal carry weapons. That's right, baby, let's go. People could still obtain permits to conceal, uh, to carry concealed weapons, Bruce said, but which they might to do is to carry a gun across state lines or potentially expedite a background check for purchasing a gun. Where guns are allowed wouldn't change, he said, neither would laws that say you couldn't have a gun with alcohol or drugs in your system. Now, uh, proponents argue that current record, uh, requirements aren't necessary barriers to a fundamental right, that costs of getting a permit and taking class are unfair to the low-income people, that, uh, which is absolutely right. Um, it costs, you have to pay $100, $100, dollars to the sheriff's uh, or the state patrol's office. Um, and this, and once again, this isn't a knock against the state patrol at all. Um, this is just something that they are falling victim to, uh, victim to because this is the way the laws are put into place right now. Now, um, I, 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 I know plenty of cops that believe in concealed carry all the way down to the, to the, to the very cold heart of it, all right, guys? And I mean that, to, to the very, very cold heart of it. And um, I also know other cops that do not want to see you with a gun ever. They don't carry you. They don't carry you even if you have a concealed weapon. They will go out of their way to strip your guns away. And um, I'm not kidding by that. Um, that being said, that being said, what I'm uh, uh, now along with gun control advocates, this uh, opposition include representatives of the Omaha Police Union, the Omaha Police Department, and the Lincoln Police Department. Lincoln Police Chief Teresa Owens also convoyed opposition from the Police Chiefs Association of Nebraska and the Police Officers Association of Nebraska. Now, um, without a permitting process and training, you have individuals. And now, this is one of her quotes, by the way. She's going on by quoting, uh, "Without a permit, permitting." process and training, you have individuals who should be carrying and carrying without the proper skills necessary to assist the situation and determine when the lethal force is necessary. That makes absolutely no sense of what you just said. Everything you you are like iterating is assuming that the person that's carrying it is carrying it illegal and has no right to be carrying it. It's not like, okay, and, and ladies and gentlemen, it, this is 2021. We can't have the fact that they're still trying to give the people these talking points and shove this down the Nebraska people throat. At, at least the, the people of Nebraska that still aren't. Um, and I hate using this word, so I'm going to use it very, very lightly. But awake. You know, um, it, it's amazing how their talking points just still haven't managed, uh, managed to change. No, it wouldn't. Okay, the people, the people that are trying to shoot you, kill you, they are the same people that want to defund you. 
You don't understand this? So why you advocate for gun control and all this and that and advocate for the citizens being obligated to make sure they go through all this rigorous training, which is not even really, really training, by the way, and pay all this extra amount. You have to, at, at total, you have to pay about $180, anywhere up to uh, $250, depending on which class you take and how, and, and you know what I mean, and um, where you get your, uh, where you take your certification at. It does absolutely nothing for the law-abiding citizens that just want to carry their weapons and protect them, themselves, and their families. Okay? Stop trying to shove this bullshit down the people's throat. You know it's a lie. The only reason why you're saying that is because even you are being paid by very, very, very privatized organizations, which we will get to that in our next segment, which we will get to that tomorrow. Okay? Now, if you want to continue down this road, I am going to uh, uh, continue down it too because I understand it. Now, and I like, like, I, I, what I'm trying to say that by that is I understand the opposition that the police forces would have. I understand why some police forces, <coughs> excuse me, would be completely and utterly not okay with it. What you have to understand is it's about education. It's, it's about it's about giving. The citizens of Nebraska, especially this, uh, the people that you are sketchy about, giving them the education and the knowledge of firearms. This is how. This is when police outreach comes in. This is why I am such a big advocate for the police. We need to educate these these policemen on what this uh, on what uh, pu- uh, public uh, public defense is, public self defense is, because this is not about the Second Amendment. Okay. This is simply about your right to self-defense. The police do not like it because as soon as they know you have, a, you are able to defend yourself, it's a very, very, it causes them a very, very great opposition if they ever choose to kill you illegally, or if, or if you ever decide to go off the string. And this is another, this is the double-edged sword. I'm not going to lie. There's that other side of the sword where, well, who's to say that person just doesn't want to go off the string one day and he's got all those guns? Well, either way, he's going to do it anyway. Oh, and by the way, I don't see how the Lincoln uh, Police Association, the Omaha Police Department, is worried about these kind of things. You guys have police helicopters that you can put an automatic 50 cal machine gun on top and side sweep any neighborhood you want to. You guys have armored fucking vehicles that you could that you could ram apartment brick apartment buildings with that would bring those apartments down. Case closed. So once again, your 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 rhetoric is not going to work anymore. Try again. That being said, we are going to move on some more. Uh, uh, move on to the uh, to uh, our Nebraska's uh, representative Fortenberry. Uh, if you guys don't know uh, uh, Lincoln, uh, Lincoln, uh, Lincoln's uh, Senator Fortenberry, him, he uh, uh, recently a judge denied a, a judge denied a dismissal for Fortenberry to push his uh, trial out of um, the state of Los or this the good oh god I'm so sorry I was about to say the state of Los Angeles the city of Los Angeles the great city of Los Angeles oh can we all just start California dreaming. Oh, wait, we can't. There's bums everywhere, and there's crackheads at the beach, and they're sleeping there while little Jimmy goes into his high school or his elementary school, and we have... Man, put that shit in, man. 
This is what you know what I'm saying. But um, I, I, I'm 100 percent sure, and, and I think Fortenberry is honestly. I think he's getting left in the dust. I think there's a reason for uh, Fortenberry getting uh, left in the dust. Uh, that I do not know. So we we here at Subliminal Message Studios are not going to assume assume that we know because honestly, once again, I honestly don't know. But I this is just my gut feeling that. Um, some of our Republicans within Nebraska, within the state of Nebraska are uh, leaving Fortenberry out to dry, knowing full well that um, what is going on with him is completely, completely a setup. The FBI set him up, and uh, I, like I said, if I, I, can, I don't have, um, let's just say I don't have uh, adequate proof to present in front of you that would um, sway my mind or your minds the other way. And um, I do not want to. I do not want to present anything I might have as of right now, without fully, fully believing it in myself, and not just believing in myself. Really, really being able to get documents, because that is a, a finite. That is key. You know what I mean? Um, I could read articles off all day, but if I do not have the documents right in front of my face to, to link these articles back. Believe me, guys, I'm not reading them. I'm not touching base on them. And not just that, I will take the time to, to follow the trial and wait for certain documents to come out. Like I said, guys, to really, really give you real, real news, it takes time. And this is what Subliminal Message Studios is really, really about, to give you a true analyst of what these globalists are doing. That being said, now uh, this uh, rule, uh, this ruling post I uh, posted on my, online Monday um, a nine-term Republican is accused of lying to federal authorities who are investigating a legal campaign contribution from a foreign national. Now, defense attorneys um, have asked the judge to transfer his trial out of California. Fortenberry received the contribution during a uh, 2016 fundraiser in Los Angeles. Now, they're not saying the um, the uh, foreign uh, foreign national. They're not saying that, but um, guys. We have uncovered the foreign national, and it actually uh, semi-ties into the Hillary uh, Clinton Foundation and how they're actually paying the FBI, and uh, they're setting, they're trying to set um, ex-president Donald Trump up, and, that, and we will get all to all that. There's a whole lot that has come out on the Durham reports, and um, it kind of ties into Fortenberry because Fortenberry kind of uh, got he got set up. I, I truly think that. But the uh, foreign national turned out to be supposedly be, uh, supposedly Ukraine nationals. I know, right? With all this uh, you know TV things, with all this you know grand spectism that's going on um, with Ukraine, it turns out that the foreign national was Ukraine. But anyways, um, now. Um, Prosecutors allege that Fortenberry was aware that the donation was illegal, but denied knowing it when he was interviewed by the FBI agents. He failed to properly disclose the campaign filing. Fortenberry has pleaded not guilty, or has pleaded not guilty, I'm sorry, has pleaded not guilty and accused prosecutors of targeting him because of his political leanings and an allegation prosecutors deny. Now, uh, like I said, uh, prosecutors are obviously denying that. Now, a Blumfield study weighed in all the factors that judges must consider when reviewing such a request and concluded a transfer isn't needed. That judge, um, uh, you know, uh, I really, uh, like I said, man, I hope uh, I hope nothing of foul is uh, happening to that because honestly, yes, it was needed. It absolutely was was needed. Uh, it's 
when they're not releasing, first of all, uh, well, first of all, when they just now, because uh, this news on the uh, uh, the John Durham uh, report, this news just came out a couple days ago, and uh, uh, Fortenberry's trial happened over a couple weeks ago, and we got moved to uh, got moved to stay in Los Angeles, and that just happened a couple weeks ago. So this is basically brand new than this. So uh, the it does need. It does need to be moved out of the city of Los Angeles. But moving forward, um, now Fortenberry said uh, he has said his uh, his lawyers uh, uh, wants to stay in trial as quickly as possible. He faces a serious GOP primary challenge from Nebraska State Senator Mike Flood, Flood, a former speaker of the Nebraska legislature who has been endorsed by Governor Pete Ricketts and a former Governor Dave Hainman. Now, um, that being said, I, I truly, truly hope that that um, uh, he can buy, bind himself out of that because um, that is, is is more than serious, and I'm not even kidding about that. Now, to move on to the Juicy Deucey. It was actually a computer fault where the computer itself was damaged or would not have stopped communicating and had to replace it. I can physically, physically replace the computer, but the computer's come basically brain dead, so you have to have software from John Deere. My biggest situation that I, I can't fix everything, you know, every situation now is, you know, because I don't have, you know, John Deere's service advisor, uh, laptop, you know, I can't uh, connect to his equipment. I'm restricted on what I can do as far as their equipment. One of the things I've been told some guys are doing to deal with these issues, and there's pirated software out there. Use are all electronically made. John Deere is literally monopolized 
the tractor industry. And um, we're, what, what a lot of farmers are having to do, like you just saw, they're having to almost hack into some of their own systems. Some of the own tractors that they personally bought with their own money, it's not like they just got a loan for it. No, they bought it with their own money. Bought it but they still have to pay someone to fix it because they can't fix it themselves. And it is illegal for them to attempt to try to fix it themselves, or at least that's what John Deere is trying to make it. However, Nebraska might be the one, one state that pushes through legislation that is the right to repair legislation. That being said, I don't know if you guys know any of this, but during the peak of corn production, we produce 40% more oxygen than the Amazon rainforest. That is a hell of a lot of oxygen. And this goes to show of what this is really, really about. What this Biden agenda is really, really about. What this globalist agenda is really, really about. This is all about shutting down the Midwest. And we are seeing it here. I didn't just start saying this because I wanted to sound cool. Like, I really, really want to interact. Like, I was not trying to say this stuff because I wanted to sound cool. This stuff is happening. Now, the Nebraska moving on the uh, moving on the right to repair uh, moving on the right to repair law. That is something that will help farmers. But let me just get uh, get into this uh, get into this article real quick because there's a few key points I really, really want to do get to. Right now. Um, State Senator Tom Brand, a farmer and a Republican from Plymouth, has introduced legislation that would require dealerships to provide access to digital repairs. They really don't want to see this, so it can't be business as usual. It's been a good revenue stream to send a mechanic or a technician with a laptop computer. They come to your farm, plug it in, and reset your system. That is literally how they uh, repair most of, these, most of these tractors. They literally just come in, like he just stated, they come in, Hook, a, hook their computer, a specialized computer that they have that has a certain uh, coding on there, you know, and they plug it in, reset all your stuff, you're back to good to go, you know what I mean? Because it could be one little thing that's not working that was shut down the entire system. It's just like how they're making these new, it's just like how they're making the new cars. You know, everything's electronic, it's awesome. Yeah, but your headlamp goes out and all of a sudden your whole car can't get energy because the headlamp's out and there's a certain uh, a certain uh, uh, you know um, protocol or there's a certain code within that um, within that system that shuts down the whole car it's 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 a shame it's a shame how we're moving it's a shame to see how especially with the this uh, electronic cars even our tracking industries it's a shame to see how they've been so monopolized and we've watched it and let it happen not knowing how truly affecting it is towards the general population of America. But um, let me uh, let me keep, uh, keep going into this, guys. Because we do, uh, just to touch base, we do have, uh, this last article I had is a bombshell article. And um, we do have a few war bombshell articles. But everything I bring to you, uh, subliminal, uh, subliminal Message Studios brings to you, is bombshell shit. Now, um, this uh, bill, uh, this legislation is LB 543. 
It was voted out of the Judiciary Committee last Thursday and is expected to be debated by the full unicameral before the session ends in late March. The measure has the support of several state agricultural groups, including the Nebraska Farm Bureau, the Nebraska State Dairy Association, Nebraska Corn Growers Association, Nebraska Pork Producers, Nebraska Cattlemen, Nebraska Soybean Association, and Nebraska Wheat Growers Association. Now, Brandon went on to NRA says he hopes that this puts pressure on the major dealerships to sign a national memorandum of understanding that would create a platform for owners and third-party mechanics to have access to digital repairs. But what they're really asking for, ladies and gentlemen, let me break this down to you just, uh, uh, just, uh, just straight out and straight through, guys. So what, what that really, really is, is... I'm sorry. Uh, what, what that really, really is, is farmers are getting sick and tired of paying John Deere and other major dealership companies that are in control of uh, coding within the tractor. You have to understand, it's not it's not necessarily the mechanics of the tractor, like the steel and the, the iron of uh, that's what you know what I mean. All the mechanics of the tractor. It's not necessarily about that. You see, farmers for years have been figuring out ways to work around that. It's the coding. That is what this bill is really, really about, okay? Because they monopolized certain codes and made it to where you have to pay. If you're a farmer, you have to pay. You know, if you want a, your, your tractor's down, you have no money in the bank, your kids are starving, you're literally getting ready to, you know, peel over. You know what I mean? Well, it doesn't matter. You still got to pay John Deere a good um, uh, $10,000. For, uh, uh, for, uh, for them to send a mechanic out and put a laptop up to your um, tractor or whatever you're working on and reset your system and then uh, you owe $10,000 and it's gone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that being said, um, we have some major, major, major news to get to and it involves human trafficking. Um, Attorney General uh, Peterson and Governor Ricketts recognized National Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Well, I have a special, special, special broadcast for the both of them. And maybe this will help you guys in your um, adventure on capturing predators. Well, maybe giving you this information will much less help you go after who's running the real pedophile rings.
Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to touch on a certain subject that you can dive so much into. It is, of course, human trafficking and child trafficking. This is uh, Attorney General Peterson and Governor Ricketts recognized National Human Trafficking Awareness Month. The Nebraska Department of Transportation continues to manage human trafficking hotline posters in every rest area on I-80. Current posters at both the National Human Trafficking Hotline and a QR code that immediately takes the person to the Attorney General's website. To learn the different signs of trafficking, the poster printed in both English and Spanish provides the National Human Trafficking Hotline number, which is available to receive calls 24 hours a day and 7 days a week. Now, Attorney General Peterson reviewed the collaborative work done by many agencies in bringing about some groundbreaking investigations and prosecutions this past year. The Office of Recent Nebraska Human Trafficking Task Force updated the outlines, prosecutions, and training numbers of 2021. And the numbers have shot dramatically up, which is why I am presenting this segment directly towards you guys. This is much more serious than we know. It is much more, um, much more sickening as we know. Which is why I'm going to first touch base and go back in time just a little bit. This cult from the 80s started with Epstein, the Clintons, the Bushes. Gates, Rockefellers, Soros, all of the elites, all of the Nazi puppets that are pulling these strings. Now, February 1987, February 4th, 1987, and out of this phone tip was called into the Tel Aviv Police Department reporting that six children were dirty, hungry, and acting like animals in the custody of two well-dressed men and a tossing heat for the park. That phone call would kick off the finer scandal a series of events and multiple investigations even more bizarre than the initial report. Now that trial would ultimately lead to allegations of a cult involved in ritual abuse and international child trafficking rape, evidence of child abuse confirmed or later denied in ties with the CIA. Which was alleged to have interfered in the case, no one was ever prosecuted in the wake of the initial 1987 investigation or in a 1993 inquiry into the allegations of the CIA involvement. Officials' denials were maintained and authorities stated that no evidence of criminal activity were ever found. However, documents that have emerged over time beg significant questions as to the validity of the official narrative. Now, this is the investigation. Now this is on February 4th, 1987. These two men dressed in suits and ties in the company of six button dirts and hungry children were arrested in Tulsa, Florida on charges of child abuse after a concerned citizen called local police. Now initially, Tulsa police were concerned that the children might have been kidnapped or being trafficked across state lines. The U.S. Customs Service, the Washington Metropolitan Department, and the FBI became involved in an attempt to identify the two men based on suspicious of interstate criminal activity, including the possibility of child pornography. Now, this story soon after exploded. With authorities publicly referred to as a cult, initially, Tallahassee police reported that at least two of the children showed signs 
of sexual abuse. Now, Hillman and Ehrman first told police that they were transporting the children to a school for brilliant children in Mexico. However, this explanation as to the purpose of the children's trip would change significantly, with Finder's members later stating that the group were on an on adventure in Florida. The Finder's group was found to have multiple properties in Washington, D.C. and a farm in rural Madison County, Virginia. It also became clear that the Finder's were highly skilled with early computer technology, which would become a major aspect of the case as it unfolded. Now, local police officials announced here today that six children found last week in Florida had apparently not been kidnapped, and that there was no evidence to show that the secretive group that was raising them as a cult involved in child abuse. This statement from the Metropolitan Police Department conflicted with accounts from the police in Tallahassee in Florida, where the children were found unwashed and hungry last week. Officials there said this morning at least two of the children had signs of sexual abuse. Now, on March 1987, Alhuman and Amir were released with charges dropped for lack of evidence, and all the children were eventually returned to their mothers. The official and media consensus was that the entire issue was miscommunication blown out of proportion, and that the finders were simply a 1960s squad, alternative lifestyle community with unusual education methods. Now, the 1993 inquiry into the Intelligence Committee cover-up, now the U.S. Customs Special Agent Roman J. Martinez claimed in a memorandum that during his participa uh, participation in the searches of the two finders' properties in Washington, he witnessed evidence of the finders' intent to traffic children and other potentially criminal acts. Now, Martinez wrote that he was unable to review the evidence collected at the locations after multiple attempts to do so, and that they eventually told by a third party at the MPD precinct that the finders group had come under the protection of the CIA, which had interfered with the investigation by deeming the issue an internal matter and had this case filed labeled secret with no further action to be taken or evidence available for review. Clearly, Martinez's account detailed what he witnessed presents a strong counter-narrative to the official story. Excuse me. Now, eventually, and this is around 2019, custom documents included Romero and Martinez's memo made their way into the internet. The exact method by which they occurred remains uh, the exact method, excuse me, by which this occurred remains murky, with the best copy of the documents being the host by the website of newly test, uh, deceased Ted Gunderson, who served as an FBI special agent in charge of the head of Los Angeles FBI. That is, I contacted Martinez in 2017 and confirmed that he offered the document and that it is genuine, but to the uh, that, that is genuine, but today he has otherwise refused to go on record to commit on matter with me. Martinez has limited with communication with some other independent journalists, including Derek Rose of the Consensus Resistance, who produced a documentary on the Fighters case in 2019. Now, just months after Epstein's death in October 2019, the FBI, the FBI began releasing hundreds of Fighters investigation documents to their vault. The publication sparked a storm of attention, but virtually no corporate press coverage aside from a piece by Vice, which framed any interest of the subject as conspiracy theory. Now, this is where it really, really, really gets crazy. 
The admission that Isabella Petit, the wife of fighters leader Marone Petit, worked for the CIA during the Cold War era. And this was her visas to North Korea, North Vietnam, Russia, and elsewhere that had been approved by the State Department. Now, key documents from the NPD investigation are labeled secret, just as Martinez had claimed, which is bizarre on its face if we are able to believe that the finders were simply an odd, alternative living community. Now, the FBI's bulk publication includes reports from the preliminary Tallahassee Police Department investigation, the NPD investigation, heavily redacted records from the U.S. Customs Service, documents from the Washington, uh, Washington Metro Field Office, of the FBI and the other agencies, as well as the correspondence and the documentation of the 1993 inquiry, most from the WMFO to the FBI headquarters, the documents are scattered throughout the three publications sections in no coherent order, and are interspread with the news reports from that time ranging from the initial arrest at the child custody issue to the 1993 inquiry into the CIA connections with and protection of the group. Now, uh, uh, bizarrely, a map related to the McMartin preschool scandal is also included in the publication for no reason, since at this time the cases are completely unrelated aside from both having contained allegations of satanic abuse. Regardless of the, uh, of the intent behind the documentation inclusion, it serves to further association uh, associate the finders with the so-called more panic scandals of the era, which I would argue distracts from the issue of intelligence ties to the case. This, the reason why I am reading all of this off to you, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why I'm actually getting really, really into detail about every single one of this is because the finders are one, this is the map, the finders, it turns out, are one of the main donators to almost 50 or almost uh, 48 states within America, and that is why I'm reading this off to you. And they are still operating today, they are still around, and much more influence, and have a lot more money. Now, this is more the... Uh, now, uh, I, I'm going to keep on going with this, ladies and gentlemen, because this is so much, this is, this has everything to do with the Midwest. You have no idea. And I am urging Doug Peterson and Governor Pete Ricketts to really, really follow into this. Really, really follow into this, because this is still going on today, and it's going on worse, okay?
seriously wounded by the I support the churches first. I began with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good, what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me. Our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I threatened TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves. was consumed and with promises of higher ratings, I had mesmerizing
convinced some people, he used some arguments. Convincing other people, he used other arguments. That uh, was a great, uh, I thought, a great uh, display of presidential leadership. But, you know, let's talk about what's really going on here, Martha, because our intelligence community just came out and said in the last few days that the Kremlin, meaning Putin and the Russian government, are directing the attacks, the hacking on American accounts to influence our election. And WikiLeaks is part of that, as are other sites where the Russians hack information. We don't even know if it's accurate information. And then they put it out. We have never in the history of our country been in a situation where an adversary, a foreign power, is working so hard to influence the outcome of the election. And believe me, they're not doing it to get me elected. They're doing it to try to influence the election for Donald Trump. Now, maybe because he has praised Putin, maybe because he says he agrees with a lot of what Putin wants to do, maybe because he wants to do business in Moscow. I don't know the reasons, but we deserve answers. And we should demand that Donald release all of his tax returns so that people can see what are the entanglements and the financial relationships to that later. Well, well, well. You in the kitchen. I guess oh, that's true. True. I wonder how many other people are saying, yeah, but he was still like this. He wasn't racist, he was just arrogant. And, and by the way, you know what I always found amusing about that before we even get to the rest of this information? You know what I find amusing about that whole thing about you know, Donald, Trump, uh, Donald Trump is so racist and this and that? Everybody was watching Donald Trump when he had his own show. And he was, you know what I mean? It was his own show, you know. You're fired. You're absolutely fired. Right this instant, right now. I'm really good at doing good Donald Trump voice. No, I can do a really good Barack Obama voice. Anyways, um, the point being is, I remember when that show was going on, everybody loved him. And when he became president, as soon as he he's racist, and let's say, let's say he, 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 he is evil. Let's say that for this. Right. I'll, I'll, let's say he is a little bit racist. I'll give you guys that, okay? He's from New York City. He's a city slicker. You can't trust anything that's come out of his mouth. Now, I, I am a very hard Republican, but even I was a really big fan of, of Donald Trump being president. That was a, that, that's not to say I wasn't a, a fan of some of the things he was doing in his presidency, because I was a very big fan of some of the things he was doing within his presidency. They were great. Not for not for the, uh, not for the uh, private industrial complexes, not for the swamp in Washington, D.C., but they were great for America. So the things he was enacting, I do. I agree with it. I am. I, I do stand for it. But I am sorry. Let me get back to this information because this is very, very. Um, I, I, very, very important. Now, um, Van, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Van uh, Spackbosky, under the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, 
Initially access a computer, including any non-public computer of a department or agency of the United States, without authorization, can give you up to 10 years of prison. But Hillary Clinton and all the rest of the Democrats can do it for free and get away with it. Now, indictments will depend on the evidence that Durham develops on whether the applicable statute of limitations has expired. We don't know how far this went in the Clinton campaign, although the interim executive who orchestrated this electronic spying told Durham he did it to impress VIPs in the Clinton campaign. Well, what were you trying? Who were you trying to impress in the Clinton campaign? Okay. You must have been a pedophile. There must have been some little boys running around, and that's why you're trying to... I get it. Okay. Because there's no way you're trying to impress Hillary Clinton's ugly ugly self. It's like a dead corpse. You know, even when she was young, I, I saw some pictures of her, uh, of her, of Hillary Clinton when she was a lot younger in her twenties uh, and early thirties and this and that. And when I first saw the pictures, I thought, man, what a witch. Do it. Um, anyway, anyways, um, now, um, uh, this is also Van uh, Spasbaski. The burglary and wiretapping that occurred in Watergate were criminal violations of the law. The type of unauthorized access to computer system, as described by Durant, is also a criminal violation of the law. But like I said, Hillary Clinton and the rest of the uh, Democrats, they can do it for free and get away with it. Now, if this is to be true, which it is, um, this would be the worst political scandal since Watergate, which resulted in the downfall of a president. But of course, Biden's sleepy, poopy pants, he's not going anywhere, simply because he's... I don't really need to indict Biden. Let's be honest. Like, you know, indicting Biden would be like taking ice cream away from a baby. You know, like, you know he's going to throw a fit and there's going to be a huge, big outburst. And you know what I'm saying? There's going to be a civil war and they're going to start EMP things and they're going to start blowing up police stations and paying off cops to kill people and take away, strip down families, if you know what I mean. Oh, wait, that's already happening. Uh-huh. And now, anyways, um, now, um, uh, 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 upon moving into this, now, um, what type of legal uh, liability could the person identified in the court filing as Tech Executive 1, as well as the person identified as a federal cybersecurity contract, be subject to? Well, like I said, that's also up to litigation, but here's this. Now, um, the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act specifies different levels of fines and prison time for various violations of the law. This is very serious allegation that could result in very large fines and extensive jail time. I pray jail time. <laughs> now, this is a, uh, uh, depending on the extent and the breadth of violations of the statute that can be proven by the government, and, it's, and as I said, if any communications that were intercepted are classified, that opens up the cyber oper uh, operatives to be, to be even more serious criminal charges. Now, um, what? before I get into this, because I have to stop reading here, I know this is really serious, guys, but um, so this is, this is where it gets really, really hard. I have to kind of uh, just slow down a little bit. Because if you guys don't remember um, Hillary getting rid of and burning, supposedly, a bunch of a, a bunch of uh, she she burned and got rid of a bunch of computers and a bunch of hard drives somewhere out in Germany. Which which town or which uh, part of Germany right now I cannot remember for the life of me. Very sorry. Um, I will make sure I put up the information next time. But that being said, um, I wonder if that was the information that was in some of these uh, you know uh, court court filings. Because it, even it says right here now, 
has set forth an indictment on, on September 19th and 2016, less than two months before the 2016 U.S. presidential, presidential election, the defendant, a lawyer at a large international law firm that was then serving as counsel to the Clinton campaign, met with the FBI general counsel at FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. The defendant provided the FBI general counsel with perpetrated data and white papers that alleged demonstrators are covert communications channel between the Trump Organization and a Russian-based bank. Excuse me again. Now, the indictment di- alleges that the defendant lied in that meeting, falsely stating that the general counsel that he was not providing the allegations to the FBI on behalf of any client. In fact, the defendant had assembled and conveyed the allegations to the FBI on behalf of at least two specific clients, a technology ex- executive at a, at a U.S.-based internet company, and the Clinton campaign. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, um, these are all uh, uh, these are all actual court filing. There's so much of them. I had to read. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and just post them all online for everyone to look at it. You can uh, go on my Facebook page, the Blumenau Message Studios, and go ahead and look through every single one of them. There's 13 pages of them. And I'm going to post every single one of them online for all my viewers to see. And wow, uh, there was so much. And, and, and I, I'm saying wow because there was so much. I remember seeing so many videos of, of Trump's, you know, Trump's a spy, Trump's this, Trump's that. Well, hell, man, that narrative just got shut down. Really, 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 really fast. And you know what else got shut down fast? Is a narrative that Bob Saget supposedly died of natural causes. And man, this is a... This really, really, really sucks, honestly. I'm going to be honest. This really, really blows, man. Um, Now, uh, this is Bob Bob Saget's autopsy really reveals trauma. um, uh, Trauma as... I'm sorry. Reveals trauma like as if he was hit in the head with a baseball bat. Um, and these are uh, directly new findings. I don't know if you guys have been, be follow, have been following this. I know I have because it is so much more interesting. And um, uh, we will be uh, we will get right back to it right after. How can we use that information? 
can we, uh, you know, and, and, and recruiting somebody is sort of like the ground rule. You've got to be really careful because you most likely want to take them off and, and not pay any value on this uh, particular individual. So find a way to hope them and feed them information, work with them in some way, and apparently they did. Is it almost like a grooming process? Would that be Not as like much grooming. It's like, you know, uh, ha having, having an asset there that people don't know that there are things. You know, and, and then you're playing also into, into what, uh, you know, uh, greed, arrogance, ego, uh, you know, you were being built up by the Russian government as being an expert in one of the most influential foreign policy in the United States. Why Carter Payne? Because he was not in the, the upper echelon of foreign policy positions for the Trump campaign or Trump transition. But if they were trying to get someone who could influence the then candidate Trump or now President Trump, why go for Carter Payne too, at least by the end of the point when that wasn't really on the team side? Why do you take what you can get? And obviously there were relationships there. There, there, was, a, there was an angle. I, when, when I was uh, oper operating in this country, they asked me to, you know, get in touch with all kinds of uh, high-level individuals, but that wasn't possible. So Carter Page was a, most likely a very good uh, wedding target. And is it possible that or even correct? Well, I don't know how that's going to work out, because it, it says here, um, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to post these on screen, but just to show you, so... These are the actual documents of what were said in court, but I have a short number for you right here. Let's read through this, ladies and gentlemen, which is absolutely here. So, in recent court filings by Special uh, Counsel John Durham alleges that Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign hired a tech, uh, technology campaign company to access information from computer servers used by Donald Trump's business headquarters at Trump Tower in New York City, and then, perhaps more seriously, to access servers inside the White House after Trump assumed the presidency in January 2017. This makes Watergate, this makes um, Watergate look like, what's in here, ladies and gentlemen, makes, um, yeah, it, it makes like, it makes, makes Watergate look like small potatoes. And even furthermore, um, let's just get right into it. Now, in December 2020, Attorney General Bill Blair named Durham as special counsel after he already began investigating the matter as U.S. Attorney for Connecticut. Now, um, the first filing for Friday alleges that Clinton campaign lawyers enlisted a technology executive's help to assemble various corporate and university researchers, including a cyber company, a cybersecurity company, excuse me, with a government contract that was able to access White House information. Now, in a 2019 report, the special counsel, Robert Mueller, found no evidence of a conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Moscow. I guess this isn't going to work either. It's from the DNC, which is currently underway. But now, let's move on to the next big story coming in from the United States. A nearly 1,000-page report released by U.S. bipartisan Senate panel confirms that Russian President Vladimir Putin ordered the 2016 hacking of the Democratic Party accounts and the release of Hillary Clinton's emails intended to harm her campaign. The Senate Intelligence Committee has concluded in the final report of its Russia probe. The committee has also found that President Donald Trump did not collude with Moscow. Russian President Putin ordered the Russian efforts to hack computer networks and Moscow's intent was to harm the Clinton campaign. 
campaign tarnish and expected the Clinton presidential administration as well. And also to help the Trump campaign after Donald Trump became the presumptive Republican nominee and undermine the U.S. democratic process. The committee's three-year probe has now found numerous contacts between Trump associates and Russians or the people with ties to the Russian government. As the United States heads through the heat of the 2020 campaign season, the Senate report will play a major role for Americans who choose their president. I'm guessing it was all just a big game. Maybe a big sham. After all, Clinton, no one definitely believes anything that you have to say. Now, um, that being said, we do have some information on uh, Bob, uh, Bob Saget's uh, autopsy. Um, um, and at first, his autopsy was uh, dubbed uh, accidental death, or there was nothing nefarious, let's just say that. Now, um, uh, reports, I'll just say that, are coming out, and new autopsies are being done, and it's 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 it's, it's kind of spooky. You know what I mean? If there's foul play, at least I think so, because there always is some kind of foul play within Hollywood. That being said, it's not funny, man. I remember watching Bob Saget on Full House all the time. He was, he was such a good guy, man. Um, so that being said, it's a very, it's a very, very, very tragic loss. Uh, but a new autopsy reveals trauma to the head as if he was hit in the head with a baseball bat. Now, um... New findings in the death of a comedian Bob Saget have raised questions about how the Full House star suffered such a significant blow to the head in his Orlando hotel room. An autopsy report released on Friday showed that Saget 65 had fractured several places in the school, as well as the bones in his eye socket, and had bleeding across both sides of his brains. Now, this was reported by Dr. Joshua Stephanie, uh, Stephanie attributed by Saget's extensive injuries to a fall and a statement made by the actor's family about his cause of death. They said authorities had determined he had somehow hit his head. Um, that makes no absolute sense. And also, uh, when, when, it, when it comes to stuff like this, ladies and gentlemen, all I can say is follow the money, which we here at Subliminal Messages indubitably definitely will follow the money. Now, um, just to kind of speed things up here, guys, um, um, kind of had a kind of had a, a quick time. Um, even though we have some foul shit going on, man, I'm telling you what. Now, um, I don't know if you guys knew about this, but there is a, a, a supposed active shooter or an active assassination attempt against a, a, a Canadian, a, a Canadian a Democrat um, out in uh, Kentucky. Now, um, just to give you guys, uh, give you guys more little details. Now, it says. Uh, Police in Kentucky were seeking an active shooter on Monday in what local officials say was an assassination attempt on a Democratic Party candidate for Louisville City Mayor. Greg Greenberg tweeted that he and his staff were safe and uninjured after an unidentified gunman entered his fourth floor office in a downtown office building at around 10 a.m. and fired multiple shots. Blah, blah, blah. You know, chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Now, the Louisville Metropolitan Police said that working uh, it is a working uh, working situation at a downtown location, but it was unable to confirm if a suspect was in custody. That makes absolutely no sense. Since when are the police unable to confirm? Like, when you guys playing walkie-talkie with each other or something like that? I don't know. Um, just to reiterate, um, according to a Louisville uh, council member, David James, it remained an active shooter situation on Monday at lunchtime. Well, that must be a shitty situation. You're sitting there eating your freshly made sandwich. 
Doritos on the side or Frito-Lays or, uh, you know, Tito's or whatever have you. And that sounds really, really good right now. And all of a sudden, chitty, chitty, bang, bang. You know, that's a, that's a shitty-ass thing, man. Um, and I wonder, I, I, do, I do find it very, very intriguing how this uh, article reads as if it's strictly on the active shooter and stuff like that. What if this, what if this, uh, what if this, and I'm not saying he was, but I mean, nowadays it's in the place of cards, right? Am I right? But what if this uh, um, a party candidate, a Democratic party candidate, was um, uh, having, having uh, uh, relations with his son? And his son was only six years old. Would everyone still call him an active shooter then? I highly doubt, and I highly, highly suspect the narrative would change really, really, really fast. And that's exactly why we don't really, really report. When these kind of things, I'm going to say this once, I'm going to say it again. When shootings happen, you will never see subliminal message studios report on them right away. Okay, we'll give you the gist of it. We'll give you maybe the number of bodies, you know what I mean, a few details in it, but we won't give you the actual, actual story on it. Because simply, when bullets start flying, it is so hard to tell what really happened and what was going on until after everything is settled down and everything is over. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, we have some bombshell, absolute bombshell news, and it deserves a video to it. Boom. On this morning ICU rounds, Dr. Anand Dubé gets bad news about yet another of his complications. He's the chief of medicine. Dr. Sugarda Karanath is the head physician. They are a power team running the ICU. subjugated of us losing freedoms after two years of us finally finding out on how far down we are and how far we have gone in the general population as Americans and what I mean by that is how far and how much control we have allowed the politicians within our governmental institutions go during this two years we have now realized that freedom is no is not free it takes blood and it takes information, it takes sweat, it takes fighting, it takes emotionally fighting, it takes trauma, and what we are finding out within these two years of this pandemic is we must stay vigilant if we are to remain free. Now, that being said, ladies and gentlemen, the CDC has recently came out and said with a 229-page draft, by the way, has recently came out and uh, basically just said that the vaccine, as is right now, has no longer affected. It no longer affects you. It only has about, uh, the vaccine only lasts about four months before it wears off, and then you're right back to square one. You're right back to getting your, um, you know, COVID, and you're right back to basically being like everyone else. 
I know, you're a terrorist, it's hard to say. But this is, um, the, at least this is the narrative from the CDC now. That is right, no vaccination works. These vaccinations do not work because they were never, never inclined to work. They were only, only inclined to kill people, bring down neurological disorders. They were only, only, only meant to bring up cancer rates, drug rates, death rates. This was done by design. Now listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. Vaccine effectiveness against COVID-19 associated emergency department urgent care. Visits and hospitalizations was higher after the third dose than after the second dose, but waned with time since vaccination during the Omicron predominant period, VA against COVID-19 associated EDUC visits and hospitalizations was at 87% and 91% respectively. That's right. During the two month after a third dose and decreased to 66% and 78% by the fourth month and after a third dose, protection against hospitalization exceeded that against ED and UC visits. That is absolutely right, ladies and gentlemen. And they all comes out on the CDC, but of course, this, all this information will not be, um, uh, um, will be, you will, you will never see this on KTV. they will not be discussing this, you won't see it on mainstream, you won't see this anywhere, ladies and gentlemen, except for a few alternative websites, and thank God for them, a few alternative media, shout out to InfoWars, they are a big, big, um, uh, big supporter of mine, which thank God for it, man, because... We are fighting a true um, uh, sociological war. We're fighting, we're fighting an informational war, but more or less what we are really fighting is we're fighting a war on our souls. And this is what Subliminal Message Studios does. This is where we come in, all right, guys? Is to reiterate what I mean by they're fighting for our souls is because they've already destroyed the family. They've destroyed the idea of the family. You understand what I'm saying? They've destroyed that, and now what it really comes down to is destroying our souls. So we have no faith into regaining freedom, regaining hope, regaining hate, happiness, regaining passion, regaining love, regaining all the things that make us humans. This is done by design, and I'm not kidding. Now, um, I could go on about this because there's a whole whole list of, uh, like I said, it came out in a 229-page draft of the CDC release. I had to literally go throughout that whole 229-page draft and only find the specific, um, uh, well, actually, I had to break down some of it, and that's on my sheet right here, just so I can um, uh, give you guys the gist of what's on this 229-page draft. But even right here, now, standardized mean or proportion difference indicated a non- eligible difference in distributions of vaccination or infection status. The most remote category of time since vaccination was either four-month or five-month, depending on data availability. Now, five-month after receipt of a third dose during either period to test for a trend in waning time since vaccination categories were specified as an ordinal variable. Two months, two to three months, one to four months, two to five months with statistically significant waning indicating by a p-value 
were used to prepare data and perform statistical analysis. Now, among 241,204 eligible EDUC encounters, 185,642, that's around 77%, and 55,552, that's around 23%, occurred during the Delta and Americon predominant periods, respectively, among persons with COVID-19-like illnesses seeking care at EDUC facilities. 46% were unvaccinated, 44% have received two doses of vaccine, and 10% have received three doses. That is completely contrary of what every single thing you hear. Completely contradictive of what Dr. Lindsey Hughes is even saying here in Omaha, here in the city of Omaha. That is completely contradictive of what you have been seeing at every single mainstream establishment. I've almost also seen on Fox News, and I'm ashamed of it. You know what I mean? Because shout out to Tucker Carlson, too. He's a very great asset, uh, asset to our freedom, to America. And I'm ashamed that even uh, I've seen even Fox News uh, uh, repeat these, you know, um, rhetoric of the Marion virus is um, it's going to kill everyone and all this and that, man. But it turns out that even the CDC are straight up telling everyone and put out a 229-page uh, document that says the vaccines do not work. Ladies and gentlemen, it is just astounding. And what does this all mean to bring it to the end of it, ladies and gentlemen? What is this all having to do? What are we what are we truly, truly having the aspect to do? What can we do about this? And the question is simply this. We must stay vigilant. What we must do is stay informed and be proactive in every single aspect in your local local area because that is where you really really see change that's where you can really really make some change you start with your local area and you move up you know i hate it when someone i hear people say um voting does not work you know what's what's what the what is going to be the difference if i go vote for the president i like he's not going to get elected you don't think that i had that feeling when uh, uh when ron paul was running for presidency i was hoping to god that i could get him elected and this was back in my, um, uh, I would say, more or less, um, a little more naive days. But you have to understand, it all starts locally. You start making a change locally, and those we- those wings spread throughout the globe, ladies and gentlemen. This is Leonardo for Subliminal Message Studios. Godspeed. I thank you all for your help. Please like and subscribe, and everyone. Um, and if you can't donate, of course. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time to really, really uh, watch me grow uh, because this is a learning curve for me as it is for you. And I will try my hardest to stay vigilant in every aspect of uh, what's going on in this world, Uh, whether it be the new aspect or whether we have to reach back in time and grab history from the old, ladies and gentlemen. Subliminal Message Studios will be here. Godspeed and God bless.